What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. We're going to talk about the, the Big Ten releases schedules, and Wisconsin has got a brutal 2024. Is that good for Wisconsin? Um, we're going to talk about that, plus some, some recruits that have broken our hearts over the years, all that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings, as always. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in as we continue to build this community. Uh, thank you so, so much for allowing us, myself, Rajiv, Justin, the guests I'm able to have on. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your day. It really does mean a lot to me. Uh, Let's... Let's talk about this schedule release, right? So it's been hyped for a while. The Big Ten released their schedules today for the next two years. I want to start here because I think I kind of think it's important to pour one out for the East and West divisions, right? Like the the much maligned West division. This is our last year. This is it. This is the last chance uh, for Wisconsin to win the West. Um, you know, it started in 2014 and Wisconsin has represented uh, the West in the, the the title game four times, right? They're 0-4, obviously. Um, there's also been two games for Iowa, one for Purdue, two for Northwestern. Uh, on the eastern side, Ohio State's come out five times, two for Michigan, one for Penn State, one for Michigan State. It's the last year, right? It's been a while. We can, we can think back to the leaders in the Legends division really quickly, who is in who. Can you even tell me, Badger fans? Because if you gave me a million dollars right now and said – you have two minutes to write down who was in the leaders division, who was in the legends division. I don't know if I could do it. I, I could, could you, I'm, I'm very curious. I don't think I could do it. Um, so, you know, it's the end of the big 10 West, the end of the big 10 East. One of the things I find kind of funny and interesting is <clears throat> there is an undercurrent of belief among Badger fans. And I think nationally as well, that this is going to be really bad for Wisconsin. We're going to talk about that more in the next segment, because if you can't win, the Big Ten having an easier division. How in the heck are you going to win it having a better one, right? And I want to quickly point out something that that struck me. Sure, that that is a legitimate point, by the way. That is something that we should talk about. But at least Wisconsin came out of the West four times. Minnesota never even came out of the West, right? So for all the talk about how are you going to win the Big Ten when, you know, you, you couldn't do it coming out of the West, at least we got out of the West. What, what are you thinking as a Minnesota fan? You couldn't even get out of the West. And now the Big Ten's about to get a lot harder. Yeah, you're not winning any titles in, in Minnesota. Like, you couldn't do it. You you had this this last eight-year period with the East and the West, with Paul Chris on the decline, with an Iowa offense that couldn't score, with um, Pat Fitzgerald having the two worst years of his career back-to-back. This was your chance, PJ. That was it. It's gone, right? So I think that's funny. Like, at least Wisconsin has come out of the West. So, all right, let, let's talk about the schedule now. Let's let's get that out of the way. Um, next segment, I want to talk about, is this good for Wisconsin? I'm curious. Um, I, I do want to talk about that. But let's just look at the schedule. Let's take a look at it right now. So, the 2024 schedule is a beast. Like, it really is. You have home games against Indiana, Minnesota, Penn State, and Purdue. And then you're going to travel to Iowa. That's a tough one. Maryland, you're going to go to Michigan. Listen, playing at Nebraska is not easy. Then you're going to go to USC as well. Plus, you, excuse me, you have a home game against Alabama. So you're going to play Alabama, Penn State, Michigan, um, 
that's that's tough, man. Uh, that that is tough. Uh, so, is that good? Uh, I think it's great for the fans, right? I, I think as a as a fan, it, it's great. I'm not sure if it's good or not for Wisconsin. Uh, again, I want to talk about that more. And then in 2025, the schedule's a little bit easier. The home slate gets a lot better in 2025. It's always easier to play games at home, obviously. Um, in 2025, you're going to have home games against. Let me pull it up here. Illinois, Iowa, Michigan State, you're going to get Ohio State and USC in the camp. How great is that? And then you're going to go on the road for Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, and UCLA in 2025. That's a really manageable road slate in 2025. Obviously, we're talking three years down the pike now. But the 24 schedule is hard. Again, you have a non-con with Alabama, the Crimson Tide, are going to be coming into Camp Randall. Um, again, that's going to be an incredible environment. I think it's week three. Uh, we should we should get together for that one uh, locked on locked on Badgers fam but yeah the 24 is a bear um let's get into some of your comments here and I'm, I'm just curious where everybody's at with this schedule and I think for a long time Wisconsin fans have asked for a harder schedule we want to play it, it's gotten a little old playing a schedule with seven teams that don't really juice you up and maybe one good home game a year and now you have better schedules coming. Do you want that? Now that you've got that, are you happy with it? Uh, let's talk about it. Pavel uh, Straylux says, cancel the Bama game. See, this is what I'm saying. Do you actually want the harder schedule? I, and listen, before anybody jumps down Pavel's, Pavel's neck on this, like there is an idea that as long as you win easy games, you're going to be in the playoffs. Playing harder non-conference games probably doesn't really help you, even though it's awesome, right? No, winning that game would be great, but you're probably not beating Bama. So does that actually help you? I don't know. It's interesting. Dom S says, don't cancel the Bama game. We, but we sure didn't get any favors. For, that's for sure. Yeah, the, this schedule is hard. Again, the 24 schedule is hard. And listen, schedules are always a little give and take. The 25 schedule is easier than the 24 schedule. But if you look who Nebraska has in 2024, they they miss, I think, USC, Ohio State, Michigan. I think the only blue blood they have on their schedule is Penn State. Whereas Wisconsin's got four blue bloods, right? So Nebraska, if you're looking at Nebraska, you better you better make hay in 2024 because as schedules are never created equal, right? That's the other thing with football. Schedules are never, never created equal. So you better make hay when you have an easy one. Nebraska's 2024 schedule is pretty easy. Wisconsin's 2024 schedule is not. So if you're Matt Rule, you're circling 2024. Dylan says, what's up, Dylan? Uh, this is what we asked for. Let's go. See, I, I love that. Yeah, let's let's get them. Let's go. I can't tell you how tired I am of the the. And I listen. I watch every game. I lay out my wings. Right. I have my IPAs. I sit four inches from the TV like an idiot because I I can't stand being too far away. And I get hyped up and jazzed up for every Purdue, Northwestern, Maryland, Rutgers, Illinois game. I do, but I would like better matchups. So I'm excited for this, but I totally get the, the idea. If you're not, I get it. Uh, Ethan Hanunza says, I say, let's play Bama. We won't make the playoffs that year, but definitely we'll be ranked 12 with the loss. So that's really an important point. And I wanted to bring that up, Ethan, the 12 team playoff is coming. This is the other thing we need to examine and think about, right? The 12 team playoff is coming. This is not a 14 race anymore. If you think back to last year, Utah finished 10th and they had four losses. So there is an aspect of this. You are now allowed to lose two or three games with a tough schedule and get into the playoffs. So now strength of schedule might actually play a part. Whereas previously it felt like win-loss was the ultimate barometer and strength of schedule is just kind of kind of considered when convenient. 
right now, going to a 12-team playoff, a, a, a strength of schedule component where you played in Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Michigan, let's say you split those. Let's say you split those four blue bloods, right? You win the games you should. You finish the season with two losses, but they're to a USC and Ohio State. You're going to the playoffs as Wisconsin, probably, right? They're taking the top 12. Now, it's never going to be as simple as that because there's going to be, well, when we get to that point, I, people rank teams in the past knowing that only the top four really mattered. So it's going to be a little more complicated now, but you can lose games now is what I'm saying. So maybe a tougher schedule is worth it. I don't know. It's interesting. Road uh, 84 says, love, love, love the schedule. Uh, Road's awesome. He's got his own podcast, man. Go check it out. Um, I, I've had him on the show. If it's Lucas, if it's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, and I, I love the schedule too, honestly. That's that's why I'm at as well. Steve Mitchell says, better enjoy this year's schedule. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing, right? A harder schedule means you're going to lose more games probably. Is that what people want? Again, I'll, I'll keep throwing that out there because I can only speak for myself. I'm not sure if that's what people want. I'm not sure if it's better for Wisconsin. Paul Reardon says, we'll find out quickly where they stand. Yeah, Fickle's got one year to kind of get the legs under the program, right? There's Make no mistake, for all the optimism, for all the, the, the fan excitement for the program, there has been a ton of upheaval. And work needs to be done to get this program on solid footing. And yeah, you have one year to do it. Because next year, if you're not ready, you're going to lose five, six games. I, I think they'll be ready, right? I think that's why you make Luke Fickle the coach of Wisconsin. That's why you poach him from Cincinnati. He's a playoff coach. I, I think they will be ready, but let's just say if you weren't, yeah, next year would be a tough one. Uh, let's keep going here. Dylan says, my only issue is why do we have to go to USC and then UCLA next year? Well, I think it's just hard to schedule out all these games and make it perfectly even, Dylan, but USC is coming to Madison in 2025, and honestly, this gives you two opportunities to get to California to watch the Badgers play USC and UCLA, and there there are worse places you could road trip to. I know that's going to be expensive, and not everyone's going to be able to swing it, but I don't know if I'll be able to swing it, but it, those are road venues worth worthwhile, so I would say that. All right, let's take a very quick break here. A bunch more of your comments coming up. We're going to continue talking about, is this good for Wisconsin? Is a tougher schedule good for Wisconsin? Is the, the demolishing of the East and West divisions good for Wisconsin? And then we're also going to talk about the recruits that broke our hearts over the years. All that and more in today's Lockdown Badgers. But first, a very quick break for our friends of the show um, over at Bird Dogs. And I've talked a lot about Bird Dogs, right? Uh, I've talked, I, I wouldn't even say embarrassingly, like I am who I am. Uh, but I did get confused as a homeless person getting breakfast. A lady came up to me and said, hey, it's going to get better. You're going to be all right. <laughs> and it's partially because I wasn't wearing my bird dogs. You know, my bird dogs make me look like a not homeless person. Uh, you know, I probably had my beard kind of coming out at the time. I probably had my, my hoodie on that I paint in. Listen, it's clean, but there's paint stains. You know, my car's paid off. So it's it's not the prettiest beast on the road. Uh, but my bird dogs class it up. I've never been mistaken as a homeless guy with my bird dogs. And listen, that's something. It's not It's not nothing, but it's something. My wife enjoys the fact that her husband doesn't look like a homeless guy meandering down the road to go get his breakfast burrito. So go to birddogs.com slash college. Use Lockdown College for a free tumbler with every purchase. Don't get confused as a homeless guy like I did. Um, is that something that happens to other people? Like, is that just me? I don't know. I have all sorts of things that just seem to happen to me. Like I've been carjacked. I, I like all sorts of things. And I think the longer I live in this, this planet, the more I think some of these things just happen to me, but 
Long story short, bird dogs make you look not homeless like me. So birddogs.com slash college. Use code college for a free tumbler with every purchase. Um, all right, let's keep going here. I definitely want to, again, say thank you to everybody tuning into the show. Y'all are amazing and incredible, and I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to be a small part of your day as we continue to talk about the Wisconsin Badgers every single day. All right, let's keep talking. Is this good for Wisconsin? I want to give my take on this because I've shifted. And by the way, I think one of the things in life that's important is to not be so stubborn that you you never allow your views or your opinions to alter in one way or the other, right? Like always be open to new ideas and thoughts. And I think we get smarter that way. And it allows us to discuss things with other people without getting angry at them. I think we need more of that in this world. So where I'm going with this is originally, I thought the Big Ten East and West thing was legendary, not to not to use a legends and leaders reference, but I thought it was great for Wisconsin. I thought we missed the big dogs. It gave us an easy road to the conference championship game. And I, I acknowledge the fact that we're not playing the sexiest teams and it's kind of boring at times, but I said, you know, we're going to be able to get pretty unscathed through the regular season and get to the Big Ten title game every other year, every third year, pretty easily. And for a while, it seemed to work. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is working. And then I kind of realized it doesn't really matter because we're not good enough, right? And we don't have to be good enough because we play in the West. And even when we make it to the title game, which we never won, people still kind of shot down the season Wisconsin had because, well, you played in the West. I think that perception weighed heavier than Wisconsin fans realized. I think it impacted recruiting. I think it impacted a lot of things about the program. It was looked upon as a small division with teams that couldn't compete. Um, And I think ultimately that's not great for the program. I think you don't want to be in a situation where, you know, you're you're considered a second tier division because I do think that impacts fan apathy. I think it impacts resources diverted to the program. I think if you don't have to spend as much and work as hard to still get to a spot, you'll end up doing that. And if you end up doing that, when you get to the title game, you're going to get boat raced. You're going to get slaughtered. You're going to get beat. You're never going to beat Ohio state because you've never, you never had to raise the level of the program. So I think it's better for Wisconsin. Listen, let's be honest. It, it's been going on for a decade and Wisconsin hasn't won a big 10 title. So has it really been great for Wisconsin? I don't think so. No Big Ten West team has won a title. So has it been great for anybody in the Big Ten West? No, it, it hasn't been. That's that's where I'm at. Now, I get the counterpoint. I really do, because I used to be there, that it's an easier road and it's going to get harder now. It is going to get harder, but it's going to get harder and easier at the same time because now there's a 12-team playoff. Now you don't have to get to the Big Ten title game and win it, right? You can, you can be the second or third best team potentially. I would say potentially, not every year. But you can be the second or third best team in the Big Ten and get to the playoffs still. So winning the Big Ten isn't the be-all, end-all that it used to be, which is why getting rid of the divisions I think makes sense anyway. So, yeah, I'm good with it. But I'm definitely curious where everyone else is at on this. Uh, one last note on that. It's just going to be way better for the fans. Like you're telling me you're not going to get more jazzed up in 2024, seeing Bama on the schedule, seeing Ohio or who else we have in 2024? Let me put the banner back up. You already forgot. But you're definitely going to have Michigan, USC, Penn State. You're not going to get more jazzed up for those games. Iowa, Nebraska, USC. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be absolutely awesome as a fan for these big time matchups. They're going to be at primetime slots, a lot of viewership. The, the major networks will be talking about them. We have Luke Fickle, who I think is a big game type coach. Um, I'm all about it. All right, let's jump into some comments here. We definitely need to get to some of you guys here. Uh, and I apologize again that I haven't got to all of them yet. Let's see. Where did I leave off here? I see. Da, 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 da. P says uh, Fickle will compete with OSU. I think so. I really, 
I don't, we're not going to be the level of program that Ohio state is, but I sure think that we're going to stop. We're going to start looking like we belong in the field with them, which we have not in the last couple of years. Right. That's all I really want. I, I want to be able to compete with the best programs and look like we deserve to be on the field with them. And you know, that that's really where I'm at. And I think fickle will get us there. Bo Dragan says Alabama plays an sec schedule and they don't cry about it. Yeah. That's, that's a, Perfectly valid point. I agree. TJZK says big boy ball from 2024 on. Yeah, and it's not just for Wisconsin, right? All the teams in the Big Ten, when USC and UCLA come on board, and the, the bar gets raised for everybody. So I think Wisconsin got ahead of the curve with Luke Fickle and Chris McIntosh, which I love. And I'm ready for it. I really am. Like, I'm really ready for this new chapter and this new challenge of Wisconsin football. Chris McIntyre says you're going to get some major TV time, though. Yeah, and you know what comes with that, by the way? That's a great point, Chris. Thank you for jumping in the show. What comes with that is more opportunities for huge recruiting games, right? You know, you're going to have more charged-up environments, which are going to be easier to land recruits with. You know, recruits – listen, I've had a couple different guys on the show that would know this better than I would. You know, I've talked to this – talked about this with uh, Brian Jordan. I've talked – or Brian Smith, sorry – we talked about this with a couple of people game day environment isn't as big of a deal as fans think it is when it comes to recruiting, but it also isn't nothing. Right. And you're going to have a much better home slate of games now to be able to sell to recruits, which I think is exciting. Uh, Bo Dragon. Oh yeah, exactly. You don't win recruits beating up against Platteville. That's a, I a hundred percent agree, Bo a hundred percent agree. Victor Jones says too many of the good games are on the road in 2024. The road games are the slate in 2025. That flips. I think your 2025 slate is much better, but you're right. Um, in 2024, most of the good games are on the road. You do get Penn state in camp Randall, which is certainly a great game to have in camp Randall. Um, TJ ZK says, this is awesome. See where you stand. Absolutely. Um, Dylan says Wisconsin is at USC. They don't come to the camp. I think in 2025, USC comes to the camp. Dylan, correct me if I'm wrong. I I could be wrong on that, but I think we go to USC in 2024 and USC comes to Camp Randall in 2025, I believe. Um, CJ Abbott says strength of schedule is good and will pay dividends at the end of the year. Yeah, I I think so. Especially with a 12-team schedule. Again, I think that's where the strength of schedule is really going to impact Wisconsin and all the teams in the Big Ten, like everybody's strength of schedule gets better, right? When you bring in a USC and a UCLA, everybody does. And I think that's only going to help when a 12-team playoff is now here. Let's see. Do North Badger 715. Great, great area code, by the way. We've talked about this. Everybody can see my Cumberland basketball jersey behind me. That's actually my practice jersey, by the way. If uh, Coach Skinner is listening, I probably wasn't supposed to take that. Um, but he says it's easier to recruit when you're playing primetime teams. I agree. These players want to be showcased. Yep, I agree. Um, so there's a ton of comments here, guys. I'm, I'm probably going to wrap a lot of these up into a future show where I'll just kind of react to all those as well. I always try to get all these comments in here. Um, Victor Jones says recruits want elite schedules. I think all that helps. And it it's all like combined together, right? Elite schedules allow you to sell the opportunity to play against marquee opponents and those type of marquee opponents allow you to market on primetime television, which is going to draw 12, 13, 14 million viewers, which is going to bring in more marketing. You know, it, it's all like this, this wheel of, of um, enthusiasm that just feeds into everything else. Well, I don't know if that was a great analogy, but it, yeah, I think it's all combined. Like these, these better schedules create excitement around the program. Maybe that's the best way to say it. And excitement around the program makes it easier to sell to recruits. 
So I, I'm all there with you guys on this. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, then we're going to talk about some of the recruits that have broken our hearts over time. Continue taking some more of your comments. I appreciate everybody being here on a, what night is that? Is that Thursday night? I appreciate everybody being here on a Thursday night to talk Badgers. A very quick break for our friends of the show. All right, I want to welcome everybody back. Say thank you for tuning into the show. As always, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're here with us live, y'all are amazing. Thank you so, so, so much. If you joined the Discord recently, we had a bunch of people join. Take a second. It's set up a little differently. It's not like a normal forum. I notice a lot of people join, and then they don't really know how it works, so they're not very active all the time. Um, check out the different threads. Introduce yourself. Uh, it's it's really a good group of people when they're talking Badgers, so I welcome everybody to come to the Discord. If you are in the Discord, you'll see we have a very special guest coming up soon on the show. Um, and in that Discord is where you can drop questions for those guests. So that's a bit of a tease right there. But you guys will really like that one too. Okay, let's let's talk about some of the um, some of the, the recruits that have broken our hearts. So I put this this out on Twitter, and I thought it would be an interesting discussion because I'll, you know we've all. I don't want to say all, but a lot is fall recruiting. And we have players that that we think are, are going to have great careers at Madison. And for whatever reason, they don't. And a lot of times it's it can be coach related, system related, injury related, depth chart related. It can be all sorts of things. It's not always on the player. Sometimes it is. Some players get here and they're lazy. They, they're not committed. Right. That happens, too. Um, I talked about a couple of them. Like I had uh, Austin Kofensis, the 6'1", 200-pound quarterback, Gary Anderson's dream of a dual threat guy destroyed Utah records. I thought he was going to be a dude. And it turns out he was like five foot seven, right? It turns out like he was not six foot one. It turns out he was very small. And yeah, I was wrong on that one. My other one was Arrington Farrar, a four-star player, you know, had offers from Notre Dame, big safety. And the, they could just never figure out where to put him. Was he a linebacker, a safety? It just never worked out. Um, I'm going to put a couple of the other ones we had. So people had some really good ones. This is from Pizzle. Uh, I was very excited about the running back, Jordan Stevenson, the four-star speedster. He couldn't make it in, and he went to Nebraska. Pizzle, thank you for the comment, my friend. You're in the Discord, which I love. Yeah, so Jordan Stevenson was a 5'8", like 190-pound running back, four-star guy, great offer list. Stevenson had a great offer list. Like, uh, I know Texas at one point was in on him. Ohio State was in on him. Bama had an early interest in him. So he was a huge get for Gary Anderson. He was explosive, small. And he couldn't get into Wisconsin, got to Nebraska, left there, ended up at a community college somewhere. I think there were just off the field issues. But yeah, he was one a lot of people were excited about. Um, this one's from uh, ZB75, also from the Discord. He was thrown in DJ Gillens and uh, Jaden Galt. I remember watching Jaden play at Monona Grove and thinking this dude's going to be all Big Ten. Yeah, so DJ Gillens, man, there's a lot of Gary Anderson on this uh, recruits that broke our hearts list. DJ Gillens was again in the midst. If let's let's jump into the Badgers time machine, right, and punch in the Gary Anderson era, and it was the we, we got to get a dual threat quarterback. And DJ Gillens was a 6'3", 190 pound dual threat quarterback coming out of Florida. You know, we probably should have been tipped off. The offer list wasn't great. I think he had like a West Virginia offer, um, a Georgia Tech offer back when they were running the triple option, if I'm correct. You know, but we bought in. I think for the most part because he's really really athletic and quick and agile pretty good arm got to madison and just never happened he had a knee injury at one point trans, uh, switch positions to receiver and by the way whenever a quarterback kind of switches positions to receiver and then somewhere else you know they're never going back to quarterback right so yeah that didn't pan out um one of many in the gary anderson era and then Jaden galt uh four-star offensive tackle i think in the 2014 class in-state kid 
monster recruit, right? 6'6", 280, I think a top 30 offensive lineman in the country, had an Ohio State offer. And then he just had to kind of step away from football. I know he was dealing with some mental health issues. I think he was able to clean all that up, which is amazing. But yeah, he was definitely an in-state player that people thought could be the next great homegrown Badger. Uh, Mad Birdman says, uh, I'd say Craig Appleton. That's a good one. That's a good one, man. Uh, huge signing day. Gave Bucky its first five-star receiver. I think he was a four-star, actually, but I could be wrong. Then he sucked and he was a criminal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Then he sucked. I don't even think he sucked, man. I mean, I remember vividly. So, and for the psychos out there, and I, I say that in a loving way, because not everybody lives and dies Badger football like a lot of the people in this community do. And there's no wrong or right on that, by the way. Um, there's I love all all levels of Badger fandom involvement, right? There's no right or wrong. But I remember watching a spring practice, I think it was, and Appleton caught like a crossing pass for 25 yards. And, you know, he was like 6'3", and I'm just like, this dude looks the part. He looks like Al Toon. I mean, and then it turns out he's a criminal. Yeah, also, uh, if you've been following the Craig Appleton saga, several years ago he was charged for murder in East St. Louis. So that one didn't work. Um Blake Nelson throws in Graham Mertz. Yeah, Mertz is an obvious one here. That that one goes without saying. And he also says DJ Gillens. He attended my uh, graduation party and is just a great human. Thanks, Blake. That's awesome. That's very cool. Uh, Chris Tukey says, Vontae Jackson. Yeah, not as hyped as some of the others, but prior to darn injuries was supposed to be special. So for those that don't know, maybe younger or just didn't, weren't as much into recruiting, Vontae Jackson went to the same school as Melvin Gordon. Uh, and a lot of people thought the two had a similar level of talent. Now, you could, you could debate that, but Vontae Jackson was explosive and incredible in high school, four-star running back, and then he tore his knee up three times. Like, it's just heartbreaking, you know, but he was supposed to be the next guy, like the next dude, and uh, just sometimes injuries just happen, and it's really unfortunate, but that is football. Uh, Bo Dragon says, Tanner McAvoy. Ah, I don't, I don't know that one. Um, McAvoy ended up being a great safety for us, Bo. I, 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 that one, yeah, I, I, unless you, unless you were planning on him being a quarterback, you know, he ended up being a great, great, great safety for us, or maybe great, great, greats too much, but a really good safety. CJ Abbott says Logan Brown. Yeah, that's a great one. Five-star offensive lineman out of state too. How often do you land an out of state five-star player? Uh, and that just never kind of some injury problems, obviously. I don't think. You know, like if you look back at our offensive line the last several years, you could say coaching development has been a bit of an issue. And you got to wonder if that that played into Logan, but certainly um, didn't seem to move his feet great. Had some injury issues, had a shoulder injury as soon as he got to campus, missed an entire year. Yeah, so that hurts. Uh, P says Mertz for me, total snake oil salesman. Okay, well, listen, he's... I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I don't know. But certainly Mertz from a recruit breaking your heart standpoint is true. I, I always felt like he was pretty accountable, but certainly that could be a facade. I don't know the guy. Um, he's down in, in uh, Florida right now. So we'll see how that goes this year. That's going to be a, an adjustment facing those defenses. Uh, Zach Bart says, I'd say DJ Gillins and Jaden Galt, my heartbreakers. Uh, John Berger also comes in with Graham Mertz. Um Pavel Strelick, going back to the scheduling question we had earlier, it'll force Wisconsin to be better, which is positive. Yeah, I agree. Victor Jones says, Krenwick Sanders. 
Yes, that's a great one. That's another guy that I was really excited about. Part of that big receiver group that Gary Anderson brought in that also featured Darian Watkins. You remember him? He was a four-star player who like came to campus and then disappeared, right? Left and just, they couldn't get him back. Had uh, Natrell Jamerson who went to safety. Um, there was a couple other guys. George Rushing was in that group. I think there was one other one. But yeah, Krenwick was supposed to be kind of the crown jewel of that receiver group and came in, was never able to make an impact. He has a really interesting kind of career arc too, because if you remember, so Krenwick transferred to a lower school and in his college career, he has one reception, I believe. I looked this up. He has one reception, which is like an 80 yard touchdown against Georgia. And that's all he ever did. It's absolutely mind blowing that that would be your one stat, right? Like an 80 yard touchdown against Georgia. Uh, Let's keep going here. Let's see if anybody else. Do North Badgers, last commit, recruits that have broken our hearts. People often forget Josh Oglesby. Oglesby is interesting because, A, so we're talking a five-star offensive lineman, you know, in-state kid, huge, huge, huge upside. And then he had a bunch of injury problems. But he came back and played pretty well as a senior. I, I believe he was honorable mention all Big Ten. I'd have to go look. Oh, here we go. Alien Space says Josh Oglesby was all Big Ten as a senior. I thought he was like honorable mention. He ended up being an undrafted free agent with the Redskins. So I wouldn't say that's a failure of a recruit. Now, if you look at it through the lens of this is a five-star player, and when you think of a five-star player, you think of a guy who's going to be a first, second, third-round pick. He's going to be a second, third-team All-American. Sure, he didn't live up to those standards, but I think he came much closer than some of these other players we're listing and talking about. Um, And you got to give him credit for battling through a myriad of injuries. Let's keep going. Uh, (laughs) Bo Dragon says, uh, Melvin Gordon just scored another touchdown in Nebraska. I love it. Guy says Kurt Phillips. That's a great one. Kurt Phillips, a four-star quarterback coming out of Tennessee, dual threat guy, um, like Austin Confenses, but actually as his advertised height and weight, he was actually a real dual threat guy. And then he just, again, talking like uh, Vontae Jackson, Kurt just tore his knee up, I think three times as well. And, you know, when you're a dual threat guy and you lose half of your threats, you just became a half threat guy. And that's a problem in the Big Ten. So, yeah, but another guy you give credit for for battling through a ton of injuries. Um, let's keep going here. Victor Jones talking about that receiver room. Yeah, Chris Jones was in the group and never showed up. It's true. That was a a, taunt, uh, a touted, very touted receiver group. Um, Tom Nisa says, to be the best, you have to play the best. Fickle has to recruit well, and Collins has to get them stronger. This is what McIntosh wanted, and so did we. Let's make it happen. I agree with that. I, I'm just done. I'm just done playing a week schedule and not achieving anything anyway, right? Let's let's if I guess the bigger point is you can fail playing a week schedule. So why not just play a harder one? Right? Because then at least if you fail, you feel like you tested yourself. And if you succeeded, you feel like you achieved. You can fail either way. So it, you might as well fail trying something that's that's worthwhile. I don't know. That I guess that's where I'm at there. Um all right, let's let's wrap it up there. It's, we're at 30 minutes. Uh, I apologize I didn't get to every comment that you guys have, but I really do appreciate everybody tuning in, everybody listening, everybody allowing us to make ourselves a small, very small part of your um, amazing days. So I hope everyone has an incredible weekend. Coming up, we do have a great interview with a Badgers commit coming up this weekend. If you're in the Discord, you know who that is. Feel free to jump in there and drop a question that you want asked for, to the recruit. Um, if not, just wait for that. You're going to love it. We have a great segment coming up next week. It should be next week with Dylan, myself, Rajiv, Justin. We're going to get the four of us on and do something that'll be really fun. I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, as always, much more great content coming up. So thank you so much. Have an incredible, incredible, safe and happy weekend on Wisconsin. And we'll talk later.